Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to City Beautiful Church. Today is what we call Praxis Sunday. So we've been in this season where we've had all these kind of little one-off Sundays as we are kind of setting the tone for the year. So two Sundays ago was what we call Washer Sunday, where we're asking the Lord for an individual word that would guide our journey with Him in 2021. Last week, we talked about the vision uh, for our church as a whole, for where we're headed in 2021. That, that vision is all our allegiance to King Jesus. And today, um, praxis is a word that means uh, action. So kind of if last week was like, here's the vision kind of philosophically of where we're headed. Today, I really want to talk to you about, well, what do we do? How do we step into the words that God gives us in a practical way? And so there's kind of two things that I want us to focus on today, that allegiance to King Jesus means we are actively learning and serving in the kingdom. So I'm going to pray, and we're just going to jump into this. Um, So Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, this season that our community is in. I pray that it would be a season of refreshing and renewal as you give us vision that it awakens us up to the adventure that is being a follower of Jesus. Lord, I pray that in that renewing and in that refreshing, um, our, our minds would be open to think in new and better ways. Our hearts would be open to receive uh, deep truths and to be transformed. Our ears would be open to hear your voice just clearer and clearer day by day as we believe that we are ultimately worthy and capable of hearing your voice. And God, I pray that you would move freely this morning in and among your dear ones that are tuning in today uh, to know what are you calling us to next steps to be your hands and feet, to put action to the things that we claim to believe. And may the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what I want to talk about, this idea of allegiance to King Jesus, what we, what we discussed last week is that allegiance is a really great way of understanding the word faith because it's an active word and it's a comprehensive word that we believe as Christians, the saving work of Jesus is that he gathers up all the parts of who we are and we dedicate every part of that to serving him. And so that mean allegiance means um, our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our spirits are all dedicated to the cause of Jesus. And so this is kind of a continuation on then of moving uh, what we call faith and belief from what is often interpreted as a passive sense of trust to actual participation. We are participating in the story that God is calling us to work out. And we call that story the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And so part of the process is us learning how to be citizens of that kingdom. And in doing so, in some way, we learn something about the king that we've pledged allegiance to. So the passage I'm going to be looking at today, this is in John chapter 21. So it's right at the end of John's gospel. Jesus has 
been raised from the dead. He's appeared um, to a couple people already, uh, Mary Magdalene and a few others. And this is him coming to some of his core disciples who had kind of, you know, dealt with the incredible disappointment of this Messiah rising up, this king that they thought was going to overthrow the government, was going to foment revolution, um, and then that person they put all their faith in was crucified, and they kind of walked away in despair. And so this is Jesus showing himself to these people uh, in this kind of miraculous way. He's standing on the shore. They're out fishing, going back to what they knew how to do. He, he calls them to come back and they realize that it is the risen Jesus, that he had promised them that he was going to do this, but they didn't have the faith for it. And he starts to engage with Peter specifically, as we know that he establishes Peter as the rock upon which he will build the church. And so Peter kind of becomes the center of Jesus's project in the early Christian church. So they sit down, they have breakfast on the beach, and here we're going to be jumping in in verse 15. This is John 21, verses 15 to 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So what we're seeing here at the very end, it seems very kind of cryptic, but what Jesus is essentially doing there is prophesying that number one, Peter was going to be a very old man before he dies, uh, dependent upon his community to take care of him. And then secondly, the whole bit about being led where he doesn't want to go is pro prophesying that he's going to be executed by the Roman Empire. Both of these things that we know come true. Peter is a very old man when he dies. We looked at Second Peter just uh, a, you know, a couple weeks ago. And um, that he is eventually executed by Rome. Um, so I love, this is the power of this passage here, that Jesus is reinstating the same Peter who denied him when everything seemed to fall apart in Jerusalem. So if you know the story, you know that Peter denied Jesus three times as he sees Jesus taken away and, and beaten up um, by the guards. These different, he's trying to maneuver his way through the city of Jerusalem. People keep showing up and being like, hey, you're with this Jesus of Nazareth, aren't you? And he's like, nope, absolutely not. Don't know the guy, never seen him, just a coincidence. And he goes away and then the rooster crows and he recognizes, oh my gosh, Jesus told me this was going to happen to me. So you can imagine the level of shame that Peter is living with where he denied Jesus, not once, but three times. And so it's significant that here in the Gospel of John, number one, that Jesus reinstates Peter by asking him three times, do you love me? And it's almost like every time that Jesus asks the question, it's offering forgiveness 
for one of the moments in which Peter had denied and essentially said, no, I don't know him, which is to say, no, I don't love him. And so I think that's the first interesting thing about this story. The second is that when Jesus, or when Peter affirms, yes, of course I love you, Jesus basically says, okay, I believe you, but you need to also show me that you love me. And I think that's really significant. That in, in, in numerous ways. Number one, it means to have faith in Jesus means that there has to be some sort of attachment to it. If we say that we follow Jesus, we need to be able to point to evidence that that's true. In the same way that for you and I to love each other, there needs to be some evidence of that. I can't just say that I love you, but then you have nothing that you can point to in our history of our relationship to believe that that's true, or else love is just some abstract ideology and not actual, tangible action that changes the world. So allegiance to Jesus has to have some sort of substance. We cannot just say that, we, that Jesus is our king. We have to act as if that is true. Um, and I think what's neat in this story is then we see Peter, who is pledging allegiance to Jesus, saying, Lord, you know that I love you. Um, he is putting himself in that position of being a sheep who is called to lead other sheep. Um, back to the shepherd. So we don't replace King Jesus in our love for one another, but because of our allegiance to King Jesus, we shepherd each other, we guide each other, we encourage each other, we challenge each other to stay faithful to him with everything that we are. And I think what's so powerful here as well is that we recognize that we don't come into loving relationship having everything figured out. Um, that that's what's behind the challenge that Jesus gives to Peter. When he says, you know that I love you, he says, okay, so show me. Not in a way of shaming Peter, but just saying, work it out. If you truly love me, you will love other people. You will show up for them. You will be the glue that binds this community together. And it's through those tangible demonstrations of your faith that you're going to come to understand what it means to truly love. And through that, you're going to have a more tangible understanding of what it means to have allegiance, to have faith in me as your king. And so you and I, we learn to love by doing. That's what it comes down to. We don't study love and, and make sure that we're, we've got all of our theology and our ideologies right before we step into loving and serving the world. We learn by doing it. And as we do, we reflect, and then we go out and we do again. And I think that that's the invitation Jesus is giving Peter and that he's giving you and I today to say, do you love me? Okay, so show me. Feed my sheep. Take care of those people that I've put in proximity to you. Look around you. Who are the people that I have partnered you with in this life to encourage one another, to be the church, to practice love, even though you're not always going to get it right, and that's okay, and then to go beyond that, to go out and to bring other people into relationship with me. And I think the other cool thing that we see that comes out of the story of Peter specifically is that it's the actions of love that work out the reality of the forgiveness of sin. So Peter sins against Jesus by denying him, by abandoning him, but Jesus restores him by saying, okay, go out and do these things. And it's not it's not that Peter had to earn forgiveness from Jesus, but Jesus is saying, if you really want to understand what it means for me to have forgiven you, I need you to step out 
and demonstrate what it means to live a forgiven life. I love that there was a biographer of St. Francis of Assisi who said that he walked the world like the pardon of God, that wherever we go, we are offering God's forgiveness freely to everybody that we encounter through our actions, but we're also walking out of our own forgiveness. And I think a lot of us, if we're honest, we're still trapped in unforgiveness of ourselves because we don't believe it's been freely offered to us by God because we haven't stepped out to live as if we have been forgiven. And so when we step out to serve, to do, to put action to our claims of loving King Jesus, it actually shores up in us the confidence that we have been forgiven as well. And that's where we begin to find so much healing for our stories. And so, you know, I said that it's this allegiance to King Jesus that means that these two things, that we're actively learning in the kingdom and then we're serving in the kingdom. So the first piece I want to talk about is learning in the kingdom. So I think learning in the kingdom helps us to discover how to act like citizens of heaven. So I've used this analogy before, and it's not, it's not a totally clean analogy, um, but I think it works well, and it's my own story. Um, you know, that we moved to the United States from Northern Ireland at the tail end of 1989 when I was five years old. And when we entered in, we were sponsored um, by the Episcopal Church uh, to come here to, uh, to be resident aliens, so I had a green card when we first got here, and then to be on the path towards citizenship, which I took eventually uh, last summer. And that little card was an indicator, uh, you're here, you're legally here, you're part of this thing called the United States of America. Now, just because I had that card doesn't mean that I automatically knew how to do everything American. And when you're you know, a foot shorter and a year younger than everybody in your class, and you have this really funny accent, it's all too apparent to you that you don't actually belong. And there was all these little things that I had to learn, all this different language, even though it was English language, um, you know, we're separated by a common language in a way. Um, But even little things like which way, when you're crossing a street, which way do you look before you step out into the street? Because in Northern Ireland, like in the United Kingdom overall, um, cars are on the opposite side of the road. So you have to think oppositely of how you would normally do things. And so there was all these little nuances that even though I was allowed to be here, for all intents and purposes, I had the rights of living in the United States, um, I still had to learn how to live in that culture. And I think that's the same for you and I when we are saved by King Jesus into his kingdom. We are kingdom citizens, but that doesn't mean that we know all of the local language and uh, practices. And so discipleship is really a way of how do we learn to live out the thing that's already true, which is how do I learn how to live in this kingdom of which I am already a citizen? And so when you think of discipleship in that regard, then uh, everything that we offer to disciple one another, to encourage each other and help each other to grow, is learning how to live out our kingdom citizenship. So we have uh, several opportunities for studies that we're unveiling through the spring that we think are really great opportunities for you to learn how to be a kingdom citizen in some really tangible ways. So uh, we're going to show you um, a couple Uh, little short videos from each of our small group leaders here, uh, just to give you a taste of what's being offered this season. Let's take a look. 
Hey, my name's Johnny, and I just wanted to share a little bit about the book study that I have the honor to facilitate in the spring. Um, some of you know that I did the Good and the Beautiful God and the Good and the Beautiful Life. Um, and it's funny because I love the way the books are set up. They're set up with a false narrative, and then they get into the narrative of Jesus. And there's also like soul training exercises. I had no idea when I was going to went to Ryan and asked, and I, I initially asked about doing a book study because I wanted to read the book with other people. Um, I really wanted something that I was going to get some benefit out. I had no idea that these books would become so foundational in my belief of God, in my uh, relationship with, with Christ, and uh, now hopefully this one will be with my relationship with others. Um, this is the one on community, um, and I'm really excited. Uh, I've learned some things. Uh, they've helped me grow spiritually. And I remember going to Ryan and saying, I feel kind of self-serving because I'm doing this because I want to grow. And I think he said something like, I do things because I want to grow too. And uh, I was like, okay with that. Um, it's been a blessing to interact with other people. Um, I'm really excited. I'm a big advocate. And these books are kind of structured like a curriculum for Christianity, which I think is cool because being a school teacher, it's kind of how I gravitated towards it. But by no means do I teach this. This is a group that we come together and we share our experience. And I said it from the first meeting that everybody who signs up is qualified to lead this study because we all have a story. Hi, I'm Christina, and I'm so excited to be walking us through a course called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, a course that I was fortunate enough to take last year at the start of 2020, and I have to tell you, it was such a blessing to um, learn more about myself and to connect more to Jesus, my creator. So um, this course is an opportunity for us to come together, and it's Biblically, biblically based, um, there's group discussions and there's an opportunity for personal reflection in the workbook. I encourage you uh, to buy the workbook if you do decide to do the course. And um, if you're thinking that you might not be interested in this, I'll tell you what uh, Pete, the author of the book says, that you're only as spiritually healthy as you are emotionally healthy. So in this course, we go through um, just digging deeper into our personal lives. Um, and then we talk about our history, our family genogram. We talk about what it means when we hit the wall in our spirituality and um, everything that we mostly process is just the tip of this iceberg that um, there's so much more that we can grasp and grow through. So I hope that you'll join us um, for Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and um, look forward to seeing you there. Hey y'all, I'm Nicole, and I'm really excited for this season of Our Ladies Book Club. We're going to be reading Get Out of Your Head by Jeannie Allen, Stopping the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts. So honestly, this book was recommended to me by my counselor, and as I started looking into it online, I was like, hey, we all need some of this and the, the valuable lessons in this, because the truth is, is how we think actually shapes our lives and how we think about God shapes our lives. And so many of us have 
negative thoughts that cause us to be stuck where we are. And in this book, she really goes into how to deal with those negative patterns and how to apply biblical principles to those patterns. And you know, in Romans, it says that we can take every thought captive and that we can be transformed by taking every thought captive. So it's possible, you know. Scripture talks so much about your thought process and your brain. And she goes in this book and she talks about how science and the Bible actually say a lot of the same things whenever it comes to our thought process. And so if you feel like that you've had toxic thoughts and you feel stuck in any way, and I think most of us have had intrusive thoughts in our lives and just moments where we just can't get over something or get over a thought process. I would love for you to sign up and join us. It's going to be a hybrid group, and I'm really excited for it. Sign up, Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. Hi, everyone. It's my, Ryan, of course. Um, so I am going to be leading a good old Bible study through the book of Colossians uh, this coming season. And when I was really considering our vision for the year, all our allegiance to King Jesus, I was trying to think of which book do I think so beautifully encapsulates that. And I was led to Paul's letter to this church in Colossae that he wrote from prison. And I was just so struck that although it's really rather brief, it's one of his shorter letters, it's so dense. And there's so many a brilliant Um, ideas in that and how we live this out practically that I thought it'd be really worth all of us exploring it because we want to continue to learn how to allow scripture to lead us into deeper relationship with Jesus. And what I also want to do through it is teach kind of these two different ways that we approach scripture. First is kind of through rational study where we're examining the historical and the cultural context of um, the books of the Bible. We're looking at uh, the grammar and how it's constructed and we're really considering that. We're looking at theological principles and ideas. Um, But I also want to teach what we call kind of revealed study, which is where we open ourselves up and our stories to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through the words of scripture Um, so that it meets us in where we're at right now and begins that process of transformation. So I'm going to be teaching those ways of doing scripture by using the book of Colossians. And then I also have a group on Friday mornings. We've been running for almost eight years now. And at 9.45 in the morning, um, currently we're gathering together on Zoom, and we're um, allowing a psalm to kind of center us on the truth of who God is and kind of in that same practice of allowing scripture to wash over us, to read our story through the lens of Jesus. And then we pivot and we allow whatever God is speaking to us that morning to spur our uh, intercessory prayer. So every Friday we gather together, we pray for the church we pray for our nation, we pray for uh, people that we're close to, we pray for those who are suffering. Um, and it's become this really great discipline for me over the past eight years of keeping me grounded in what's true and knowing how to r- read the world through the promises that we have in Jesus. So I would love if you joined me for one or both of those groups. Hi guys, my name is Joanne Rice and I'm part of the leadership team for the Marrieds group here at City Beautiful Church. Um, I wanted to congratulate all of the newly engaged and newly married couples. I'm so excited for you guys. Um, For anybody that's new here, we do have a designated married group here at City Beautiful Church. We typically meet once a month. Uh, We share a meal and childcare is provided. 
We've done everything from book studies to themed nights to nights out, um, game nights, things like that. So we really just like to gather and steward married relationships uh, within our church and just really lift up um, families as they start to grow. Um, so we're really, really excited and I have a really big um, heart for that. And as the new year kicks off, I just wanted to let you guys know that we are looking to you again. Um, at the beginning of every year, we really wanna cast our vision out to you and ask you guys what it is that you're looking for out of the marrieds group um are you looking for you know more counseling more mentorship do you like book studies do you like just gathering together um we want to hear from you so that we can piece all of those things together and we can make the group uh what you need from it um so we cannot wait to hear from you. We look forward to that. I'm calling on you to please reach out to us um, so that we can take all of those pieces and put them together. Uh, so we can't wait to hear from you. You can reach out to marrieds at citybeautiful.ch. That's our email account. You can also feel free to message any of us on Slack. So you can message me, Joanne Rice, my husband, Jeff Rice, or John Thompson or Becky Thompson. Um, that's our, our group of leaders here for Marrieds. And we just really look forward to hearing from you so that we can continue to grow the group in, in the right direction that you guys need it to be going in. Um, so we cannot wait to gather with you again in 2021. Can't wait to hear from you. Love and miss you guys. Um, and I'll see you soon. So those are just a few of the opportunities that we have to learn what it means to be a kingdom citizen. As we're working out this, this demonstration of our allegiance to King Jesus. And so the second part that I had mentioned up top was that we also learn how to serve in the kingdom. Not only just learning, being disciples, taking in, but we're also servants. We're putting something out into the world that's an expression of our kingdom citizenship. So serving in the kingdom makes our allegiance to King Jesus and our devotion to one another tangible kind of in the same way when Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? And he says, you know that I love you. He says, okay, so feed my sheep. And so when you and I serve one another, we are serving Jesus. And that's a very high view of what the church is. And it's really neat because what it does is that every opportunity we have to serve becomes sacred. There's no one role within the church that's less sacred than another. And this is what you and I so often do is we rank, well, if you're like, you know, teaching scripture or leading worship, that's really spiritual. But if you're like rearranging chairs, that's not very spiritual. But in reality, all of those are opportunities um, to serve, to demonstrate what the kingdom actually looks like. And I think the problematically in our modern culture, ideology rules the day. We are so keyed up on what we believe and believing correctly that we don't actually pause to, to question how does this look in the way that we live well. And so many of us uh, have very strong convictions about what we believe and we believe all the right things or we're convinced we are, but we've never done the connection to say, are we living well because of those ideologies? And in fact, I'd be willing to bet that you've probably witnessed this maybe in your own life, but it may be from somebody else where someone's ideologies actually mean that they're not able to love you well. Their ideologies cause division. I hear it all the time through this political environment. Well, I'm, I'm cutting people like that out of my life. <clears throat> it's just easier for me. And that's an ideological line in the sand that's being put down. Because I say I believe this abstract truth, um, I'm actually gonna pre prevent myself 
from loving and serving other people. And as Christians, that's not how we're called to live. Um, And I think, indeed, it's through serving others, especially those that we don't like. Let's be honest. When you walk into this space on a Sunday or when you tune online, I guarantee you there's people that you look at and go, wait a minute, why do they get to be here too? Um, Who says that they get to be part of this thing? And that's where our little ideological idols are rearing up and our sense of like, we need to purify through our common ideologies. But to serve the people that we don't like very much can actually become the place, again, where not only are we finding healing, but we begin to discover what our calling is. We find our calling by doing stuff. You know, when we talk about waiting on the Lord, I've given these two analogies before. There's, there's, we think of waiting as the Lord is like, I'm waiting for a bus. I'm just kind of sitting here, twiddling my thumbs, sitting on the bench that eventually God's going to come through and tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life. And that's kind of waiting on the Lord part one. Part two is, which I think is the more authentic version, is like we're, you know, you're a waiter at a restaurant and God comes in and he sits at your table. And so you immediately come over, you take his drink order, you get him a menu, and then you come back and he has some questions. So you go back and you ask the, you know, you ask the chef about this particular thing and then you come back and respond, you fill his water and he drops his fork and so you go and you get him a new fork and then eventually God is ready to order his, his entree. And that's the moment that you were created for. And I think when we're waiting for the Lord, it's much more like that model than it is waiting on a bus, that we're just, it's through doing stuff. It's about trying things that maybe we don't really value or we wouldn't have really thought was our thing, but it's through doing it, the light bulbs come on and go, oh my goodness, this was the thing that I was created for all along. So I want to tell you about a few of the opportunities that you have in City Beautiful Church uh, to serve to make tangible the kingdom of God through your affinity for the people that are within this church. And by no means are these exhaustive. I don't, I don't think that everybody needs to be serving within the church in this very particular way, and that's the gauge of whether or not you're part of this community or even that you love Jesus. But I do think that they're really beautiful opportunities. And I think in life, wouldn't it be beautiful if each one of us had one place where we're learning the kingdom, one place where we're manifesting the kingdom through serving the church, serving one another, and we each had one place where we're manifesting the kingdom on earth by serving beyond the walls of the church. I think if we had those three gauges, we would be doing very well. So here's a few of the opportunities. So the first one is our tech team. Um, Our tech team is audio. Our tech team is um, everything that's projected with the lyrics and sermon notes. Our tech team is the lights. These are kind of the main things that we do. And I really love this team because it's such a tangible way to create an environment that's conducive for worship. And the beauty of this team is you don't with the exception of audio, you don't need to have those skills before you step in because we're very happy to teach you how to do these things. And so it's a great entry level. I remember being a little kid and my job was to use the projector to put the lyrics up and I began to realize like how important that was that in a way I was leading people in worship by providing the words for the songs that we were singing. So right now on the tech team, our hope is that we could find eight people total We'd love three people to learn how to run the lights to create that beautiful visual environment. We'd love three people that could uh, run the projection 
um, in putting the lyrics up and kind of following along with the songs and the message. And we'd love three people to produce someone who can kind of stand in the booth and help call the shots to make sure that we transition well from moment to moment so that nobody is distracted. Our second team is operations. These are the people that they come in before everybody else and they stay behind after everybody else and they set up a physical space that is conducive to us uh, loving God and loving others well. Operations people, you know, maybe you're a little bit more of a background kind of person, but you believe in the practical service of the community. Um, and so that, that means coming in and it means setting up, arranging chairs, putting together things for experiences we might be having. Um, and it means people who are willing to stay after, and especially in this season that we're in right now, uh, to sanitize everything, to make sure the place is uh, safe and secure and we can all come in here to do what we do well. So what we're looking for for our operations team is just four more people who would be willing to come in a little bit early and set up on Sundays or to clean the building after uh, our gatherings. Um, and then a few people that would be interested in coming in during the week just to kind of give the, the overall church a good clean. Um, and it's a, these are very um, humble roles, but they're incredibly important for the work that we do here. Um, team number three is our engagement team. These are people that like being the, the first face that people encounter and just really extending that spirit of hospitality and making people feel seen and known and valued. Uh, so our engagement team is looking for six people in total. Um, we would love four new greeters who would stand at the front door and, and, and be that first face that people encounter. Um, we'd love two people that are willing to kind of stand inside the worship space and help uh, folks, especially new people, find chairs because we like to keep it dark in here when we worship, and that's, that's intentional. It can be a little bit difficult if someone comes in late to find seats. So someone that can stand there and just keep an eye on helping people come in, helping them find a spot. Um, and then we would love um, a couple of people who'd be interested in being part of our concierge team. And this team is helping folks learn more about our church and how they can get connected if they want to call this place home. The next team is our worship team. And we have uh, several amazing worship leaders and we have a really amazing group of musicians. And we're, so we're looking for anybody that feels like they have the skill and the capacity to lead us musically, um, whether that's by singing or playing an instrument. And if you're interested in that, um, you'll be connected with some people on our worship team right now. And there will be <clears throat> um, just a small audition and a conversation about kind of the attitude of our team and what it is that we're really looking for in worshipers. And then finally, of course, is our greenhouse, our kids ministry, um, which we have been talking about the past couple weeks. Uh, we've had so many people respond to the call for this, which is amazing. We want to uh, lead our children into a living relationship with Jesus, and we want to cultivate healthy families, and we really want to value our kids' ministry and help build that bridge between what we're doing in the main space and what they're doing in greenhouse. Um, so we're looking for two people who would really love to disciple our older kids. These are ages kind of five to about 12. Um, 
in teaching them in how to pray and how to worship and, and engaging in Bible stories and helping them connect with their own lives. And then we'd love two people who love the really little kids, the babies and the toddlers, um, just creating a space where they feel really safe and known and loved. So we're looking for um, four people in total for our greenhouse. So those are the opportunities that we have to serve in the kingdom through the expression that is City Beautiful Church. And like I said, I would love for each of us to know in clear terms, where am I learning the kingdom? Where am I being discipled? Where am I serving inside the kingdom, the people of God, the church to which I have been called? And then where am I serving outside the kingdom? Where are the places on the, on the forefront of, uh, um, of the kingdom, where the avant-garde, so to speak, where I'm welcoming people into relationship with Jesus because of my actions. So what I'd like for you to do, we're gonna give you a couple minutes to do this right now because I think you wanna strike while the iron is hot and while the Lord is speaking to you. I want you to go on your cellular device or your computer, or whatever, to citybeautiful.ch slash praxis. And on that page, you're gonna find a summary of all of the small groups that you just heard about and all of the serving opportunities. And you can kind of click which of those things that you're interested in. And from today until noon next Sunday, which is the 31st, that signup is going to be open for you to show interest in whichever uh, small group or serving team that you're interested in. And next Sunday, the people that are leading those groups or in charge of those teams are gonna reach out to you and discuss with you next steps. But I would highly encourage you, maybe you've been serving in church for years and you kind of get the drill. Maybe you've stepped out of it for a little while and you just, you kind of know the Lord's asking you to step back in. Maybe you've never served in a church before. We have a place for you and we want to um, honor you and respect you in your yes to create a really healthy serving culture within our community. So let's take a few minutes and let's go ahead to go to citybeautiful.ch slash praxis and fill in that information however you feel led. So, you know, we always need to be looking for the moments, the opportunities, that the same way that Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? He says, of course I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. We should always be looking for those moments in life where Jesus comes to us and he says, do you love me? We say, yeah, I do. And he goes, okay, show me. Show me you love me. Show me you love me by feeding my sheep, by investing in community, by looking for opportunities outside the church to love people back into relationship with God. And that's, I think, what allegiance is going to look like for so many of us this, this year, is putting action to our words in demonstrating our faith by participating in the story of God. So go forth in peace to love and serve the Lord with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.